Welcome to Know Your Risk Radio on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. Know Your Risk Radio is hosted by Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Know Your Risk Radio is brought to you by Bulwark Capital, helping families navigate the ever-changing and often volatile markets. Know Your Risk Radio starts now. Here's your host, Zach Abraham. And we are back. Thank you so much for joining us for yet another of the most scintillating hours in finance radio. And we got a great one planned for you today. We are back on our interviews. And uh, I was telling people in the three-minute open up there at KTTH in Seattle, I was telling them, we got a murderer's row lined up here uh, for interviews over the next three to four weeks. So we didn't quit doing that. It's just always, uh, you know, as I was explaining, there's always a bit of a doldrums around the holidays. It's just hard to make the schedules work and that kind of thing. And, you know, we don't do 15 minute interviews, right? They usually go for about an hour. So you gotta, you know, you gotta have time. You gotta be able to sit that time aside and be able to focus on it. And I'm just a big fan of the long form interview situation too. I just think it makes a lot more sense. I think a lot of these things are way too, complex to discuss you know in short clips so anyway got some great uh great interviews lined up for you guys um well and i hope you think they are um but anyway so great show planned for you today too obviously we're going to hit the market update and then i want to do a segment if you guys don't i i've said this a million times i'm not a social media guy but there really is a phenomenal financial community on twitter we call we refer to it as financial twitter and a guy that i go back and forth with said something really interesting to me and basically what he was pointing to and we'll get into this in the segment but basically what he was pointing to he's actually a surgeon and uh but he's got a real interest in finance and sharp guy And what he was pointing to was something we've talked about on the show a lot, which is he's kind of wrestling with this whole concept of should I hire somebody else to manage my money because the normal advisory setup doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So anyway, we're going to get to that. Um, We're also going to talk about China, right? We're going to hit that in the market update, but we're going to dig a little bit deeper into, into the China situation and how it can impact things. Specifically commodities, you guys know we've been focused on the whole, you know, the, the China reopening and what that's going to do on commodity demand and all that other kind of stuff. And so I, I, I do think that is a big thing to take a look at. I think that um, I think it's kind of getting 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 overdone. Um, but anyway, so let, let, let let's get in the market update because I'm chomping at the bit to do it. Um so first of all, let's talk about kind of the overall bearing of where we are. Okay, there's there's uh, this kind of new surge of bullishness, which really doesn't surprise me, guys. There's a there's a saying in the business that um, nothing changes sentiment like price. Meaning when 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 and and we're still tracking this channel that I've been talking to you guys about. And I, I talked about it a lot lot last week. We're not the only ones that do this. It's a normal thing in money management. But there's a saying, which is the trend is your friend. And, 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 and they could not be more true uh, in investing. And like all things in life, right? Let's go back to Isaac Newton. Objects in motion tend to stay in motion. The same is true on investing. And, and you, you know, we've talked about that mix. We want to look at things in a fundamental basis. We want to look at things in a, you know, a cash flow basis, like a real business. But we also need to be conscious of what trends are going on. Because like I said, the same thing that plays out in real life plays out in investing. Every trend eventually comes to an end. But trends exist for a reason. And that's true in life. That's true in, you know, parenting, marriage, and all that kind of stuff, right? So we want to pay attention to those trends. And one of the things we watch is specifically in a bear market like we are in is the trend. And one of the really good ways, it's not 100%, but it's you're tracking a trend. And, and I'll, I'll repeat again, the way you track any trend, let's say we're looking at the last five years, you draw a line that corresponds to all the market tops, right? And you, and usually they're uniform. You can track them with a straight line. And you can also, on the bottom side, track it for the lows. 
So you have like this, you see the market doing its thing up and down, up and down, trending up. And then it usually stays in a pretty tight bracket. And as long as you stay inside that bracket, you're usually good. You break below that bracket, usually it means you're going to fall lower. And if you break a high, if you break above through the upper end of that bracket, it usually in a bull market, it usually means you're getting a blow off top and you're probably going to go down and you probably should wait to buy stocks until you get back into that channel, right? Usually. Now in a bear market, a lot of the same rules apply, right? You got the channel going down and to the right, both the up upper top level that's hitting all the highs of the down move, right? So you get moves down and then the market comes back up and creates and, – and, and looking at a bear market, one of the easy ways you know you're in a bear market is if you're getting progressively lower highs and lower lows. And we're still very much in that. But every single time the market has gotten back up to the upper end of that channel, all the bullishness talk comes out, right? And you'll hear it. And our attitude is is – Look, I, I don't need, and, and, and this has happened three or four nat times in the last year where you've gotten to the top end of that channel and every single time you've reversed and gone back down and tested the lows of the channel. Classic bear market. I, I, this part of the market confounds me because you see all these people get bulled up because they think it's going to break through the top. And my whole attitude is, well, why don't you give it five days and see if it does? Right? Risk management. Right? Yeah, you might squeeze out an extra 2 or 3% if you're early. But conversely, until it breaks out of that channel, play the trend. Right? And so at like every single time we've bumped up to the top into that channel, it's led to another drop. Right? So the the, the 2 to 3% that you're trying to get earlier, you know, every single time now for the duration of this bear market so the last 13 months, you didn't get an extra 2 to 3% of the upside, it ended up being a loser. Right, because it reversed and went lower, and that's one of the things that I've always thought is once you get into bear markets, if you're looking for a clue to when the bear market's over, you know, and I think this is a mistake that so many investors make. Right, they're trying to predict what happens, especially in stock market. Right, it's called market timing, trying to predict which direction the market is going. Where when you're in an area like this, will there be a time to get bullish? Yes. When will it be? Well, for me. I need to see that market break through that upper hand channel. The other thing I need to see is I need to see all three indexes above their 200-day moving average. If those things happen, then it's just really hard to be bearish. It usually means, you know, eight, nine times out of 10, it means that you've started a new trend to the upside. Now, I think in this environment, you're going to have to be careful because there are times where that has happened in the past and it hasn't played out, Right. And this is why, you know, this is why you want to, in my opinion, when you get into bear markets, you, 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 you watch the technicals, you watch the charts for clues. But the other thing, like we've been talking a lot about is eye discipline. You keep your eyes on the fundamentals. So that's kind of where we're at in the market. Not a lot has changed. You're still playing with the upper end of that range. And every single time you try to make a surge to break out, it fails and drops lower. Um, you know, I think you're seeing a rally today. It's Friday, right around NASDAQ's up 2%. It doesn't surprise me. It was down 2% yesterday. So, and that's what this market's doing, right? If we're down 2% one day, you're probably going to be up 2% the next day because why not? And, but what drove this rally, I thought was really interesting. What drove this rally was an earnings miss for Netflix. Okay. So, and, and, and I think that this is kind of important because in my opinion, at this point, now again, I'm saying it. I'm saying that I think that this is important based on looking at the charts, right? So saying, okay, we still have not broken out, broken out of this bear market channel. But it was really in interesting watching Netflix announce results yesterday, and they missed on earnings, but they quote unquote blew out the number for subscribers, and. I think the market was expecting like four and a half million new subs and they got like 7.1. Okay. So that's phenomenal, but they still missed on numbers. They still missed on earnings. Okay. Now Netflix stock is up eight and a half today, right? Which is no surprise. But the other interesting thing to me, and I, and this is what leads me to believe that we have more. Pain. This is one of the things that leads me to believe that we have more pain ahead of us. When you read through the earnings report from Netflix, what you saw 
was that they were guiding next year. Their own numbers are guiding to, you know, so first of all, let's look at that. So we beat on subscribers, but we missed on earnings for a high flyer. And people are like high flyer, it's down a lot. Well, it should be down a lot. I mean, people that were buying Netflix at the peak, buying a company like that, that's growing revenue as meagerly as they are, you were paying 60 times earnings. I mean, good luck, guys. If you make a habit out of that, you're going to go broke. Okay, it doesn't make any sense. Those are bubble numbers. They don't, they're not real, right? Netflix was never worth that much. It was ridiculous. It was like Tesla being worth 1.2 trillion. Everybody's like, oh, we've smoked all this value. And you haven't smoked anything. You had a great opportunity to sell a company at a ridiculous price and you didn't because you made the mistake of thinking that's what it was really worth. It wasn't. It's never been worth that much. Netflix is the same, but what caught my eye was Netflix is a growth stock, right? They're guiding their numbers. They're guiding for 4% increase in revenue next year. Now, after today's bump, the thing's trading at 32 times earnings. So it's growing like an old established fast food restaurant and it's getting priced like a high-tech uh, high growth company and it can't even put up consistent earnings. These are the things that lead me to believe that we're not done yet. There's still ridiculous behavior going on where, and and here's, here's one of the reasons I think it's ridiculous. So you're looking at a company that's going to do 4% increase in revenue. And even though it blew out on subs, it's still missed on earnings. So it doesn't have a lot of operating leverage, right? Meaning that, that even if they're increasing revenue, it's it's still expensive, right? The starting of new shows, it's an incredibly capital-intensive business, and it's growing at 4% a year. Well, you can buy a, ten, a two-year U.S. government treasury paying 4.3. And so th- this is why I keep going back to, I don't think we're done. Investors are still looking at this market through the lens that they've been looking at it for the last 13 years. And I'm sorry, it isn't the same. Not with rates where they're at. Not with input costs where they're at, not with wages where they're going. It just, it, it's just ridiculous. And all these things lead me to believe that unfortunately, I think we got a lot more pain ahead of us. Now, that being said, what are we going to trust, right? We're going to keep an eye on the fundamentals, but we're also going to keep an eye on the markets. If you break out here, NASDAQ's going up a little bit high to highs of the days now, 11,100. You know, one of the things I've learned is don't fight the tape. There's an old saying in there, don't fight the tape. Right. Because one of the things that we've got to be caught, one of the things, does the outlook good economically? No, it looks like it's garbage. It's as bad as I've seen it. Now, China reopening does add a little bit of fuel, I think, to the bull market story. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But, you know, we got to be conscious of this. But again, it's risk management. If, you know, now is not the time to be worried about missing out. Right. Now is the time to sit back and just see. Hey, if you're going to break out and you're going to go a lot higher, prove it to me, but you got to get above the 200 day. And every single time you've tested it through this cycle, all three indexes have failed. I think the Dow broke out, but like I said, you got to really handicap the Dow because it's 30 stocks. You know what I mean? It's just, it's 30 stocks. It does. It just doesn't, it, it just doesn't hold enough weight in my opinion. Um, and not just in my opinion, it's, it's just, it is what it is. So really, in my opinion, you want to look at the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. The reason we're focused on the NASDAQ in this cycle is just because, A, it's followed all the cues way better than any of the other, other indexes have. But also, it's loaded up with the most popular stocks, right? And this is a bubble. And so I think the, you know, I think you're going to be much better off watching the bubble type stocks, right? What, what is, what is, what is home? What, what is, you know, what, what is the baseline of, of that index. And here's the other thing. When you look at the companies in the NASDAQ, Microsoft, Tesla, you know, Google, Apple, uh, you know, all Amazon, if the NASDAQ is down, it's just, it's, it's almost impossible for the S and P 500 to be up. So in my opinion, we watch the NASDAQ more so than the S and P 500, until we're proven wrong. But so far this year, that's exactly the right way to look at it. That's what it's done. So, um, and I just, I'll keep going back to Netflix. I don't think it's a bad company. I just, when I see this type of response to those numbers, I, it just tells me you still have too much dumb money chasing things. And they're all, and, and, and the other thing is you see these big amplitude moves. You don't see these kinds of moves in the commodity stocks that are making records of money hand over fist. 
You see these in all the tech best performers of the last 15 years that are drastically slowing. And yet the investor behavior attitude hasn't changed. And so that would just lead me to believe that I think tech's going to be a tough place. I think you're going to get a lot of fake out rallies in it. And I think you're going to get smacked back down. And I think you're probably, I think what we've seen over the last year, again, if we break out and things change, then you got to change your opinion. But until I see that breakout, you just have to assume that this whole grind, this up and down and nonsense back and forth, I just think it's going to continue. Um, and if we see that breakout, I'll be the first to say, okay, game has changed. But I just don't see any, you can just tell the way they're bidding these stocks up. It's like, oh, last year was the aberration. We're getting back to normal. Nope. Interest rates are completely different. Wage costs. And all you need to do, I think, to, 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 to kind of fact check me on that is look who's announcing all the layoffs, right? Microsoft the other day with 10,000. Google today laying off, geez, what were the Google layoffs? Uh, Let's see. Let's pull it up here. Uh, Google, 12,000 jobs, right? So all of the leaders, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, they, they're all, all substantial layoffs. Okay, guys, you don't see that at the beginning of a bull market. <laughs> you just don't. Now, again, again, this is a unique, this is just because we're saying that now doesn't mean I'm sure of anything. I'm not sure of anything in this market. I know it's I know it's not a market trading on fundamentals. I know it's not a market trading on valuation. I know it's not a market trading on economic reality. And in the past, that has meant you, it's a market you want to get out of. But the rules are different, whether we want to admit it or not. The rules are different. This market, and I think rightfully so, is expecting that if things do get dicey, we know what the Fed's going to do. They're going to cut rates and print more money. And I don't really care what they say. Now, where I think the market's getting it wrong is as long as things stay like this, the Fed has no need to cut rates. Right. So I, I think the market right now, this latest round of bullishness is, oh, inflation's pulling back and the market's about to. No, I didn't no. It's not pulling back anywhere near enough to justify the Fed cutting rates right now. So I'll continue to say, when I'm looking at this on a fundamental basis, in a way, I kind of think the bulls are bidding against themselves, right? There is, they drive up stocks, the need to cut rates isn't there. As a matter of fact, you can make the argument, and I think the Fed is probably thinking this, and they've, they've intimated as much, that as the market goes up, they have no need to cut rates. So... You know, take it for what it for what you will. I just think these guys are bidding against themselves, right? The actions that they're taking, the bullishness that they're that they're showing, is nullifying the need to cut rates, which is the thesis of their bullishness. So, you know, until I see that change, or if I see a breakout, and that's what's interesting is Nasdaq today is bumping right up against the top of that channel again. So we'll see. But the real test to me, the top of that channel doesn't mean as much to me as the 200 day moving average 200 day moving average on the nasdaq is about four or five percent above us so in my opinion i don't even think you can entertain us being out of a bear market until the nasdaq can close a couple days above the 200 day moving average and that's still four to five percent away from us so we'll see you're going to hear now if this trend does continue over the short period of time the s p is right at its 200 day moving average so if 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 you hold here, you bump a little bit ahead, you're going to hear all kinds of bullishness. You're going to hear people come up, oh, the S&P broke out. Guys, I, in my opinion, and that and the S&P could be right if that happens. But in my opinion, you've seen several false breakouts on the S&P. The NASDAQ, you haven't. We, we got to keep an eye on the NASDAQ. Um, the other thing, housing. We've seen a little housing surge in the last three weeks, and I've confirmed this with multiple people. You've seen... I've talked to guys on the mortgage side where they've seen all of a sudden three weeks ago, we started getting mortgage apps coming in and coming in fast. Talk to real estate agents. All of a sudden people are calling. Okay. So we got to watch that too. There are, there are, despite this negative backlook, right? I like we talk about all the time. I want to find out if we're wrong as fast as I possibly can. So there are some interesting signs. I, I don't really, I'm not shocked by it. I kind of thought as housing went down, you'd see buyers step in in spurts. So, so far, it's all still fitting that way, but, but you're flirting with it here and we got to pay attention because 
predicting economic moves and directions of economies are really tough. Uh, anyway, we got to take a quick break. As always, guys, if you're still sitting in the typical 60-40 portfolio, you got lit up last year. And you didn't get lit up because you had a bad year. You got lit up because you got a bad portfolio that's constructed improperly. Guys, we can save you money, give you way more upside. And a year like last year could only mean you're down 45 to 5%. Okay, you don't need to do that. And you, we blew out it the previous year. Blew, blew that 60-40 portfolio out. There's a better way. Call us, 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. Stick with us through the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach discuss key investment strategies across several asset classes, not just stocks and bonds. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. If you're retired or headed there, ask yourself, is my portfolio set up for a successful retirement? Well, 2023 is looking like a wild ride, meaning risk management has never been more important. Join Bulwark Capital Zach Abraham for his free live webinar January 26th to learn how risk management is a very specific technique that can lower volatility for you. Todd, protecting retirement portfolios against loss is our number one focus. Our live webinar is a fully transparent look into the Bulwark Investment Strategy. We'll show you how it worked last year as well as in previous years and why a basic 60-40 stock bond mix is out outdated and a big risk in today's economy learn how our risk management strategy can help protect your retirement don't miss it january 26th at three o'clock it's free but space is limited register now at knowyourriskradio.com learn about bulwark's risk management strategy and performance that's knowyourriskradio.com investment advisory services offered through trek financial llc and sec registered investment advisor you're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. All right, this is a really tiny, quick segment here just because I forgot to do this throughout the rest of the show. But we do our roadshow seminars, right? Our, 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 well, our roadshows. I hate that word, seminar. We do about six of them a year. We've got one coming up on January 26th which is a Thursday at 3 p.m. If you can't log on live, well, first of all, and I'm not kidding, um, we typically get about 170 people to sign, 150 to 170 people. We may have fixed this already. I got to talk to our guys, but we may have fixed it already. But uh, we can typically, in the past, we could only take 100. So make sure you get in there. But if you can't get into that seminar, if we run out of space, or if you miss it, we record it and we can send it out to you. So you can register online. You don't even have to talk to anybody. You can get in. I do about 30 to 40 minutes walking through our entire process, planning our investments, how we how we manage, how we build the portfolios, the performance, the cost, the whole shoot and match, and then also run you through you know what we do for long term care and all that kind. Of, run you through the whole package deal. Do that in about 40 minutes and then do a Q&A session, which usually lasts about 20. I think that's the best way to kick the tires. So go to knowyourworkradio.com or excuse me, knowyourriskradio.com, boardcapitalmanagement.com. You can sign up for the seminar, the free roadshow that's coming up January 26th, Thursday at 3 p.m. You don't want to miss it. And I think it's the best way just to figure out what we do, how we do it, and get to know me a little bit better. Anyway, have a great week. We'll see you next week, or we'll be back right after this break. Sorry. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach uncover the truth about the financial markets with simple and honest advice to help you plan for retirement. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. If you're retired or headed there, ask yourself, is my portfolio set up for a successful retirement? Well, 2023 is looking like a wild ride, meaning risk management has never been more important. Join Bulwark Capital Zach Abraham for his free live webinar January 26th to learn how risk management is a very specific technique that can lower volatility for you. Todd, protecting retirement portfolios against loss is our number one focus. Our live webinar is a fully transparent look into the Bulwark Investment Strategy. We'll show you how it worked last year as well as in previous years and why a basic 60-40 stock bond mix is out 
outdated and a big risk in today's economy. Learn how our risk management strategy can help protect your retirement. Don't miss it. January 26th at 3 o'clock. It's free, but space is limited. Register now at knowyourriskradio.com. Learn about Bulwark's risk management strategy and performance. That's knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advisory services offered through Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Uh, anyway, so let's get into that, that discussion I was kind of alluding to that I had with that surgeon on Twitter. And I thought he made a very clever and a very smart and a very wise observation, in my opinion. And, and that is, is that he was looking out, <clears throat> he put out a tweet where he said, uh, and, and he's been asking a lot of these questions, trying to you know delineate, you know, one, one that he put out is why does somebody, why do he, apparently he talks to some financial advisors and he goes, why does somebody who's 36 years old, younger guy, or maybe he's 40. Anyway, uh, he said, why does somebody that's, you know, 20 plus years away from retirement, why do, why do they need, what's, what, what kind of financial plan do they need? You know, so he's asking some of these questions going, you know, cause like I've told you guys, a lot of these other advisory services, and I'm not bagging on them. I'm just trying to lay out the truth. We're just trying to speak the truth. A lot of those other advisory services, the thing that they lead with is planning. And why do they do that? Because to their own admission, and I was, I was making, I, I, I made this comment on a, on a show a few weeks ago about a conversation I got in with a financial advisor on Twitter, actually. It's all on Twitter, right? Um, and, and he was saying, if you're sitting down with a prospect or a potential client and all you're talking about is performance, then you're doing a disservice to your client. You're spending all the time talking about something you have zero control over. What you should be focused on is planning. And I got kind of fired up by that because I went, wait a second. You're asking these people to pay you one and a quarter percent a year, and you're simultaneously admitting that you have no control over performance and that the value you bring is your plan. But your plan is computer generated. It's just a program you put their information into. They can do that for themselves. Wouldn't they be better off getting a guaranteed one and a quarter percent more a year than your plan? Because here's the thing, guys, you can love your plan. It can be the best plan in the world. If you don't have the asset performance to finance the plan, the plan means nothing. Here's the other thing. If you got 30% more money in your account, that is the plan. You want me to tell you to, how to now look, there's planning that goes into it. We do income planning and, and things like that too. But what I'm saying is the more money your client has, the better the, the retirement experience is going to be, you know, nobody gets here. Boy, it was my plan that really saved me. Right. I mean, if your portfolio loses 50% of its value, your plan is worth the, it's not worth the paper it's written on. Who cares? You're smoked. Like a bunch of you got last year, despite the fact you've been listening to guys or listening to me sit there and tell you don't do what you're doing. Bonds are going to destroy you. Rates are going up. You want to get out of tech. Right? We've got a pretty good body of work where we're saying, wait a second, there, we're not going to be right every time. But especially when it comes to the risk management side, there's several things that we can buy. There's several, like for people like, well, who would have known what was coming? Wait, wait a second. So you're telling me we're going into a year, we're looking at 40 plus percent, 40 year high inflation numbers, right? And you're looking at near record high stock valuations. In my opinion, what's probably one of the biggest bubbles in, in, in history, right? The Bitcoins, all this crap, you know, stocks trading at ridiculous valuations. People are like, well, they're down 70%. I'm like, well, brace yourself. They're going to go another 60, 70% lower. They're still trading at a ridiculous valuation with negative cash flow. So, you know, and we've talked a lot about this, but what this surgeon was getting at is he put out this thing. Now there's a, whether you know it or not, there is a program out there called Money Guide Pro. It's a financial planning software and it's used by a lot of people in the industry to build portfolios, tells you how to build an asset allocated portfolio. And then it's also produces financial plans based on those portfolios. Okay. So. Pretty much, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people in the financial industry, especially in the advisory world, have Money Guide Pro. It's kind of a go-to type thing, right? 
And he goes, and he puts out a tweet where he goes, what's to stop, what's to stop me from getting a money by guy pro subscription on my own. And I responded to his tweet and said nothing. And it won't cost you 1.25% a year either. And he laughed in response. What is he getting at? What he's getting at is the feudal nature in which the average advisory service is managing people's stuff, right? They're telling you that the plan is so valuable, but it's not like they're a CFA, a chartered financial analyst. They're building the plan through subscription models like Money Guide Pro that you could get on your own, right? You, you can go buy it on your own, do the exact same thing, save yourself point and a quarter percent a year. Now, Money Guide Pro manages money the wrong way as well. You know, they'd, they'd put you in that 60-40 stock bond portfolio. Why? Well, because that's what history says. When I look at them and go, what other historic period of time do we have like this? None. Okay, well, then take your historic numbers and throw them out the window. What you need is risk management. We are clearly in a period of time that is outside historical norms. For instance, when other period of time have we seen the Fed print and spend upwards of $6 trillion over a year and a half to two year period of time? Seen the government respond with fiscal stimulus, meaning not just through the Fed, but through the government alone sending out checks. And then also seen that followed up a year and a half to two years later with 40 year high percent inflation and record rate increases. We haven't. We've never seen a combination of things like that. So what do you do when you're in uncharted waters? You manage risk. It's all at the end of the day. That's all because even guys like me, and this is why I add so many caveats about the bear market. When I see investor sentiment, this excited to buy stocks at these valuations that are no longer growing and aren't even paying off earnings in this economic backdrop, do I think they're going to be wrong? Yeah, I think they're going to be really wrong, but I also don't know that because this is unlike any other environment we've ever been in. And this is where I think humility needs to come into the asset management business. And it's not. And, and here's the frustrating part. You know why it's not? Because humility and uncertainty don't sell. Right? What people are looking for really is a guru. I've joked about this before. If I came out here more resolutely and didn't offer caveats and didn't just tell you guys honestly the way that we're looking at it, that we know for certain, we'd have more people call, guarantee it. And it's sad because you sit there and you're like, that shouldn't work. Cause anybody, they're looking for somebody that knows what's going on. They're looking for the guy that has the, nobody's got the answers. So when that's what attracts you, you're going to continue to get bad results because you're falling for it. And, and the only way to really tell is by looking at the performance. And that's why we put our portfolios up against anybody and go, see, and why is it? It's because risk management, I, we acknowledge now there are times it'd be like, Zach, well, hold on a second. You said bonds are bad. Look, that's just, that was a general observation. Why would you want to invest in something that's paying you less than the inflation rate when interest rates are at zero, knowing that that investment will begin to lose money when interest rates go up? They didn't have any other way to go. They were at zero. So best case scenario, I made less than the inflation rate on my bonds. Worst case scenario, I dropped 20 to 30%. And I think that that was even the number we were using over the years. Just wait, you're going to lose 20 to 30%. Average bond portfolio was down that much in that range over the last 18 months. That's just an observation. That's just common sense. But what we're doing is we're operating in a time. And I think a lot of people know this, even culturally, we talk about how markets mirror culture. I mean, let's be honest. I don't care what side of the political aisle you're on. I think we can all admit that there's probably never been a time in the the history of our country where common sense was more uncommon. And you see that being reflected in the markets right now, too. Right. There's no there's no there's no real exception there. And so, you know, the another one that I'll point to is people are like, well, Zach, you weren't you time in the market when you said it was a great time to buy energy stocks and get out of tech? No. Right. Again, it's another observation. Right. If you were all loaded up on bonds going into last year, I what look, I know a lot of people were and I know a lot. But what I'm saying is you shouldn't pay a fee for that. If somebody did not realize that 40 year high inflation, it was not going to be just as transitory as the Fed said. 
And it was going to require them to raise rates higher than most people thought. And when rates go up, bonds lose. If look at the bare minimum, if you're paying somebody to manage your money and they didn't pull back on your bond allocation before last year, you're just burning money. You're just burning money, right? It's just risk management. It's sitting there going, Hey, does this make sense? And so what I was talking with that surgeon is, no, it doesn't make sense. If if they're going to give you the average asset allocated model that they give everybody else, it doesn't make any sense. They're like, well, people can't beat the market. Not true, guys. We beat it. I've beaten it two years in a row. And together, our stock portfolios have beaten it three years, three, three out of the last four years and tied it the other the other year. And that's net of fees. But the most important part is we didn't just beat it. Last year was our worst year. Market was down 20. We were down about 10 and a half. So, you know, 10 and a half, 11, depending on, so I don't want clients to be, Zach, I was down 11.2, depending on how your portfolios were weighted. And then and remember, that's just the stock portion. The bond replacement strategy was up last year. Right? So there's just, there's a better way to do this. And And I was telling him that on Twitter. I didn't tell, I wasn't trying to advertise for him to come to us. But it's just frustrating when you sit back and you watch us generating substantially better returns at cheaper prices than these other portfolios are. And the kicker is we do it at way less risk. And so I'm not I'm not beating those people up. I'm just saying I don't think the layman out there has an understanding of what it is you're paying for. Right. And, and I think one of the easy ways to look at it is just go look at your portfolio compared to the S&P 500 and the Barclays aggregate bond index. If you're not outperforming them by a, an amount that at least just like that at least justifies the fees you're paying. So let's say you're paying one percent for that. Right. If your portfolio has outperformed the market by about one point two or one point three percent a year, you can do better. But I'd say, OK. If it's out, you know, so 60% S&P 500, 40% Barclays Aggregate Bond Index. If you haven't outperformed that net of fees over the last 10 years, then what in the world are you paying for? Well, I've known him a really good long time. He's a good friend. Okay, well, is he prepared to underwrite your retirement? You know, it's, it's, I even tell that to clients of ours. I go, hey, you owe us nothing, guys. You've been paying us every, every quarter. We've gotten what we deserved. Have you gotten what you deserve? Right? Just ask yourself, what am I paying for? You're like, well, you know, it's, it's my portfolio hasn't made a lot. And that's kind of the kicker on the 60-40, right? You, you've had historically bad performance out of the 60-40 just to cap it off with the worst performance of the 60-40 in any given year. Right? Heads you lose, tails we, they win. You're losing no matter what the scenario is. And it's not saving you that bad performance to the upside. It's not saving you blood on the downside. Your 60-40 portfolio was down worse than the S&P last year. You guys got to wake up. Because like I said, me nor anybody else knows exactly what's going on. But the one thing I think that should we should be proven, the one thing I think we should be vindicated on is the fact the 60-40 portfolio doesn't work. We've got a body of work now that shows that. And if you're still going to sit there and pay a fee for that garbage, you know, I, and I don't wish anybody any bad will. I just, people just need to wake up guys. If you haven't learned that this doesn't work, you're not going to. And there are better ways. Give us a call. 866-779-RISK and 866-779-RISK. And guys, this isn't some, oh, we also have the uh, road show coming up Thursday. What is that? Hold on, I'll check the dates. I'll I'll get to I'll pound it on this next one and I'll let you guys know where are we at Thursday. No, anyway, I'll get dates on that. So, but if you want to see what we mean by there's a better way that you can get more upside with less risk, paying less fees, you can be down low single digits in a year like last year where everybody's getting smoked. There were hedge funds down fifty to sixty, sixty forty portfolio down twenty five. There's a better way. We're actually having a really nice start to the year. We're beating the mar- so far. We're only a couple weeks in, but. Beating it to the upside already. Anyway, give us a call, 866-779-RISK and 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com or capitalmanagement.com. You guys know the drill. We'll be back right after the break. Stick with us. You're listening to the Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. 
Do better in bull markets. Do better in bear markets. Pay less fees in all markets. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. You can subscribe to Zach's free newsletter, The Bulwark Insider Report, at knowyourriskradio.com. If you're retired or headed there, ask yourself, is my portfolio set up for a successful retirement? Well, 2023 is looking like a wild ride, meaning risk management has never been more important. Join Bulwark Capital Zach Abraham for his free live webinar January 26th to learn how risk management is a very specific technique that can lower volatility for you. Todd, protecting retirement portfolios against loss is our number one focus. Our live webinar is a fully transparent look into the Bulwark investment strategy. We'll show you how it worked last year as well as in previous years and why a basic 60-40 stock bond mix is out outdated, and a big risk in today's economy. Learn how our risk management strategy can help protect your retirement. Don't miss it. January 26th at 3 o'clock. It's free, but space is limited. Register now at knowyourriskradio.com. Learn about Bulwark's risk management strategy and performance. That's knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advisory services offered through Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. Thank you so much for joining us or sticking with us, actually. Anyway, so <clears throat> wanted to get into the China conversation because China is opening back up. We've talked about this. We've talked about commodity demand. We've also talked about when China was out, how much oil that took off the market or demand for oil that came off the market. So we've talked about this some, but this is, it's kind of like the bulls here. And again, I'll be the first to tell you that my outlook was wrong if we can break through these numbers and we can resume an uptrend. But the bulls, it's like they keep trying different narratives, right? And we're just going to keep trying one till it fits. So China reopening is the newest one. Here's the issue I see with that. As you guys know, not all of China was shut down, but some serious major cities. And and what we can see, and there's some estimates that are sort of wide ranging. But w- w- let me let me tell you where the range I feel comfortable saying. From all the different data I've looked at, I think China being offline, I think the best guess is that it took off somewhere between two and a half million to four million barrels a day. Right. These are these meaning the demand. Right. Because if China shut down, they're not driving cars as much. There's not as much shipping, not as much semis, all that kind of stuff. So they took that amount of demand off the market. And and we think it's about I've seen estimates as low as two and a half to three and a half. I've seen others between four and five. The most informed people that I follow on this and the way that the the math that looks the most sensible to me, uh, because we know it had an impact. Right. It's the largest you know, second largest population in the world, second largest economy in the world. So parts of it are shut down. We know it had an impact. But what I think is interesting is that even with that impact, even with a big swath, if not the majority of China shut down, which is greatly depressing their appetite for oil, that oil inventories continued to drop and that the price basically didn't get below that you know, it dipped down to the low 70s, but basically that 75 to $80 level, All right? That's that's interesting to me. And that's interesting to me because look at China's, I mean, they've had the biggest commodity demand of any country in the world over the last 10 to 15 years. And so them coming back online, and I this is where I think people are looking at it incorrectly. I don't think it's bullish for tech. I don't think it's bullish for the overall market. And here's why. When they turn that demand on, which they're doing for commodities, go look at copper, for instance. Copper is surging. Okay. People are like, well, Dr. Copper, that's a sign of the economy coming back strong. I don't think so. I think that's just the sign of copper supplies being very low because we haven't invested in them for 10 years. And I think it's. I think it's the Chinese comp or the Chinese economy coming back online. And here's why I don't think that this is bullish. Let's go back to what we were talking about. What's the mainstay? What is the thing? If you listen to bulls, what is the thing that they're all talking about? The fed's going to cut rates. The fed's going to cut rates. The fed's going to cut rates. Okay. Well, with China coming back online, you're already seeing commodity surges. 
And if this holds, guys, you're going to watch those inflation numbers heat back up. And this is what I'm saying is like you listen to the bulls and there's a big disjointed aspect in what they're talking about. Right. It's like their their whole their whole thing is the Fed's going to pivot. The Fed's going to quit cutting and then the economy is going to reaccelerate. If that happens, inflation's going right back up with it. So I, I again, do I want to be much heavier in commodities than most people? Absolutely. Because if those people are right about the economy reaccelerating, the, 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 the lack of supply we have, not just in energy, but in all these other commodities, it hasn't changed. And furthermore, you get China coming back online. And like we said, Biden's going to have to quit dumping a million barrels a day onto the open market. We're running out. Our supplies here in the U.S. now, and I'm not talking adjusted for inflation. I, I, I don't, you know, don't take this number to the bank. But we now have the lowest oil inventories since 1984. Okay, not as a percentage of the economy. And I've said this on previous shows. Lowest inventories since 1984. In 1984, our economy was about five and a half trillion in size. Or basically, one less, slightly less than one-fourth the size it is now. And yet our oil inventories are below where they were then. Just think about that. And now, and, and inventories have still been dropping. You had a build recently, but I think it was kind of a one-off part of it was the storms and things like, anyway, I don't want to get into that. We could spend 50 minutes talking just about that. Cause it's such a complex market, the oil market and energy markets are, but despite all that, despite China, you still were seeing inventories draw down and prices, at least for oil staying, you know, above 75 to 80 bucks most of the time. And you haven't seen a production response. We don't have new supply coming online. So again, I look at the bulls and I go, but guys, if your thesis plays out, you're not going to get rate cuts. And, and I think that this is important too, to understand what, where we're coming at from what rate cuts mean to stock prices. Okay. So let's look at McDonald's stock. Okay. And I want to just bear with me here. Uh, McDonald's stock right now is trading at about a 30 times earnings ratio, if I'm not mistaken, which again, no, 34 times earnings <laughs> for, for fast food company. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Revenue growth. Uh, it's been very choppy, but let's just go December, 2021 revenue was 6 billion quarter that ended in September of 22 was 5.87 billion. So let's call it. And I, I haven't looked back. I, so you guys correct me if I'm wrong. But let's let's say they're growing revenue at two to three percent a year. Okay, now they don't show it on these numbers, but that's I'm just looking at the the summation of the last four quarters. Okay, so let's say they're growing revenue at three or four percent a year. Okay, they're paying a two point seven two percent dividend. Okay, so revenue growth. Now this isn't a perfect way because they can cut costs and technically raise earnings, but you know McDonald's is a pretty mature company, right? So re- revenue growth rate of three to four percent a year, dividend at two point two seven. Okay, but if you own a stock, you're owning more risk, right? So two point two plus, let's call it. We'll even give benefit of the doubt. Say it's three percent, three percent growth. So your growth of the company plus the dividend takes you to like five point two percent. You can get four point three percent from a, a two year U.S. government treasury. Why anybody would pay the multiple for that stock with interest rates where they're currently are, I have no idea. But it's another example of how disconnected valuation is. And the only thing that makes any sense to me is that there, and it really is one of two things, right? People buying this stock think that the rates are going back down to zero because then the, then I will say if rates are at zero, the valuation plus you look at the dividend on this thing, it makes sense. With a Fed funds rate at four and a half to five, it just doesn't. Why would you take equity risk where your revenue growth plus your dividend is 5.2 and you can buy a U.S. Treasury with no risk at 4.3? No rational investor would make that decision. So are they right? Are rates going back down to zero? I don't think so. I kind of think those days have gone. I don't think you're going to get, I don't think you're going to see in the, the inflationary pressures uh, uh, abate that much even in a recession. 
And this gets us back to the whole China discussion, right? Of saying, if that bull market, the China's come back on, the global markets can accelerate. If that's the case, what's going to happen to input costs? If anything, I think that China coming back online bolsters the Fed case of keeping rates higher for longer. And like I said, so it may not be immediate. And I'm actually not surprised that we haven't seen this big cascade waterfall style collapse in the markets. But they're not going to the moon. And they're probably going to grind lower and they will grind lower to a point where this makes sense. And if you want to avoid that pain, if you want somebody that's actually watching this 24 hours a day and doing this type of analysis and saying, this is too expensive, doesn't make any sense. That's what your fee should be paying for. Call us, 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com. You guys know the drill. Guys, also, we didn't have time to air it. We had too much stuff to get to, but we are putting out an interview this week with my old buddy, Marcos Bueno, that runs our algorithmic portfolio. It's Great chat we had. Great info. You won't want to miss it. Anyway, we'll see you guys next week. Stay out of trouble. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Thanks for listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Schedule your free risk review with Zach Abraham now at knowyourriskradio.com. Zach will be back with more Know Your Risk Radio next Saturday at noon on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. If you're retired or headed there, ask yourself, is my portfolio set up for a successful retirement? Well, 2023 is looking like a wild ride, meaning risk management has never been more important. Join Bulwark Capital Zach Abraham for his free live webinar January 26th to learn how risk management is a very specific technique that can lower volatility for you. Todd, protecting retirement portfolios against loss is our number one focus. Our live webinar is a fully transparent look into the Bulwark investment strategy. We'll show you how it worked last year as well as in previous years and why a basic 60-40 stock bond mix is out outdated, and a big risk in today's economy. Learn how our risk management strategy can help protect your retirement. Don't miss it. January 26th at 3 o'clock. It's free, but space is limited. Register now at knowyourriskradio.com. Learn about Bulwark's risk management strategy and performance. That's knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advisory services offered through Trek Financial LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.